This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. getting a grip on our finances. Amen. Last week we talked about a little bit about God's, the God side of God's financial plan. The week before that, we talked about how that God has ordained work. Yes, that word. I said it in church. It's a four-letter word, I know. (laughs) Work, how God ordained work even in paradise. That work is not a result of the fall. Now, it's made a little less pleasant because of the fall, but work was something that God had called Adam and Eve to do before the fall. So it's all about our attitude about how we approach work. And we also saw in conjunction of that, we looked at, you know, a little bit at the parable of the talents, the five, the two, and the one. You remember that? I'm just catching you up here, you know, because some water goes under our bridge during the week. Uh, You know, we talked about that, how that, that through this parable, Jesus said, that God expects each of us to take what He has given us, whatever that is, whether we're a person of five talents or two or just one, whatever it is, but He expects us to do something with it, to, to develop it, to use it, and to put it to work for the kingdom of God. And of course, we're going to be blessed as well, but He expects us to do something with what He's given us. Isn't that true? Absolutely. And then we talked about, uh, just last week, we talked about God's uh, financial plan, how that God wants to bless us. But first of all, we have to adjust our attitudes and recognize that God owns everything. Amen? You know, some people have a hard time with the tithe, you know? But here's the thing I found out. When, when, I, when my flesh doesn't want to do something, that's the very thing I need to make it do. You know what I'm saying? If it doesn't want to pray, guess what I need to make it do? They don't want to get up and come to church. You know what I need to make it do? When I doesn't want to sing or worship God, you know what I have to do? Same thing with our money. Otherwise, you're going to have your flesh is going to be ruling you rather than being led by the Spirit. And I know that's not what we want. Can you say amen? Listen to these. Some, some statistics I got off the internet. Listen to this. Currently, the average American family has a credit card debt in the amount of $15,654. That's the average. Wow, that's what I say. Wow, I'll say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> Total credit card debt limit has climbed to one trillion, that's right, dollars. You, you can't wrap your mind around how much a trillion is. I can't. That's a, <laughs> a trillion dollars. Cre- listen to this. Credit card fees and interest topped $163 billion in 2016. Now, here's the other side of the coin. Savings for 50% of American families is less than $1,000. Wow. I think about that scripture. We're going to read it where he said, I'm going to make you the head, not the tail. Boy, that doesn't sound like it here, does it? So as you can see by these numbers, Americans are in enormous debt, and only by making wise decisions, using kingdom principles and discipline, are we going to be able to climb out if you're in this place? I'm glad that I'm not in this place. You don't have to be in this place. Amen? And if you are, God will get you out, but not by magic. 
You know what I mean? You're not going to pray one of those magical prayers, we call them. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> those full gospel folks, we think, man, we just, we'll just say these prayers. And, you know. But listen, it, it's good to pray. I'm glad you're praying. But you also need to work. You also need to honor God. You also need to use wisdom. You also got to be disciplined. Because the giving of your finances is a real key, but it's not the only thing. Amen? Amen. So let's look. Look over in, uh, just to set the tone, in Proverbs 8, talks about wisdom. So just to kind of set the tone right here. Hallelujah. <clears throat> While you're finding that scripture, let me just uh, remind you, you know, uh, uh, today, all day today, uh, down at the amphitheater, they're having a, a river region outpouring of the Holy Spirit celebration. It's, uh, it's uh, sharing, it's worship, it's uh, uh, praying, all that's going on today. So if you have a chance, uh, come down there sometime around 1 o'clock. I'm going to be sharing in it as well. And uh, so uh, come on down. At 2.30, they're going to have something special, a special service just for the youth with uh, Brother Zach Bigley is going to be sharing as well. So come on down if you can and uh, celebrate Pentecost Sunday with us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Proverbs 8, you found that? Verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. Wow. That makes me want some of this. How about you? <laughs> he said, by me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, all who rule on the earth. I want to rule in my life. I'm not looking to rule the earth, but I want to rule in my family. I want to rule in my life. And God has given each one of us authority to rule under him, to rule our lives, Amen. to govern it according to his word, according to the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen? See, pride says, I don't need any of that. I got it. I can do it. Well, I remember when I had my life and the way it looked then, and after God, I mean, even God, I mean, as great as God is, it's taken him a while just to get me this far. <laughs> so, you know, if I'd have been trying to do it, how far I'd have been. <laughs> I still got a ways to go. Amen. But we want wisdom. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. Boy, after he just said all that, and then he said, if you'll just want, desire it and seek after wisdom, he said, you're going to find me. You remember my little Easter egg story I used to tell about my kids when they were little? We'd, you know, in the afternoons, we'd have an Easter egg hunt. Now, all you holy people don't get upset with it. But we did it with our kids. But you know, I said, I didn't take those Easter eggs and dig a six-foot hole and pour concrete on top of it and then say, okay, go find the Easter egg. No, you know what? I take a bright red egg. And, I, and we had, a, you know, we had a, a three-tiered deck at the house we were in at that time. And I just put the bright red egg right out next to one of the legs of the chair on the patio furniture. You know, and if they didn't see it, I'd be like, y'all keep looking. I can roll it over there. You know why? I wanted them to find it. God, our Father, His wisdom is available. He's not dug a six-foot hole and buried it in concrete for you to try to somehow figure out how to get it. He said, if you'll just get out in the yard and start looking, so to speak, and seeking and asking, He said, you're going to find it. You know, your Father will go, what's that over there? Oh, that's wisdom. Wow. 
I like that. He said, my fruit, he said, with me are riches and honor. Well, I'll take some of that. Amen? Enduring wealth. Remember that. And prosperity. Enduring wealth. Not that, you know, just a flash in the pan. You know, we talked about, you know, people win the lottery. They say uh, the average person wins the lottery in a year or two, they're broke, broke again. You know why? They don't know how to use it. They don't know how to manage the money. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. So if you're going to find it, you've got to be on the right path, don't you? I mean, you know, if you were going from here to Birmingham, you know, and, and you started going on 80 West, well, you're moving all right. And you're declaring you're going to Birmingham. But I got news for you. You're on the wrong path. He said, if you want to find wisdom, if you want this enduring wealth, if you want this prosperity, if you want all of that, he said, you got to, you got to be in the way of righteousness. So the first thing is what? I need a right standing with God. I need to be saved. I need to know Jesus as my Savior. And I need to be walking with God. Amen? Bestowing a rich inheritance on all those who love me and making their treasuries full. Woo! I could just stop there and pray and be blessed. Wisdom. Wisdom. And why do we need wisdom? Because managing our money is all about decisions, decisions, decisions. It's all about decisions. Every day, you make a decision about your money. What you're going to spend, what you're going to save, what you're going to invest, whether you're going to go in debt, whether you're going to do this, whether you're going to do that. Every day is a decision. So we need the wisdom of God, don't we? We absolutely do. You know, a choice or a decision is a choice of direction and a purpose or a resolve. Now, impulse buying is a big snare to God's people and, and American people in general. We're a big culture of impulse buyers. That is not a decision. Yeah, I, I mean, technically it is, but that's not a decision in the truth. Because a decision implies that you look at, uh, you know, uh, how this is going to affect me. If I do this, if I do that, this is going to be the outcome. This is how it's going to affect me. Okay, this versus using it in another way that's going to benefit me. That's a decision. Impulse buying is not. You know, when you buy that candy bar at the, while you're waiting in line? Y'all don't do that? Okay, I do sometimes. But that, you know, that's, that's a little thing. But sometimes, you know, people will impulse buy a big thing. It blows my mind, you know. The husband comes home one day, says, honey, cover your eyes. Come out here in the yard and see what I got. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's going to be a problem, isn't it? I mean, you know. And, you know, all the advertising and all the stuff that comes at us, that you, man, you need this and you need that. And, boy, you're, you know, your life is absolutely, I mean, I cannot believe you don't have one of these. Now, they might not say it that way, but they dress it all up to where you just know, oh, I've got to have that. I've got to have that new whatever. The latest thing is mine. I've got to have it. Now, here's the thing. Nothing wrong with having nice stuff and new stuff, but you need to look at where you are financially with this. Are you listening? Sometimes there's a better word. It's called wait. 
Boy, I'm just bringing out, throwing those four-letter words out all over the place today. Work and wait. Can you believe? Wait. Sometimes we might need to wait. Isn't that right? We, here's the reason why. We make decisions, but then the decisions, as it were, make us. They have repercussions, don't they? I've been there. I'm, I haven't done it all perfect. I'm, I'm a lot better off now. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, I've been there, and I'm going to tell you it's not good. It's not good. Because he said over in Deuteronomy, he told the children of Israel, he said, my intention and my plan is if you, will, if you will follow me, if you will get the wisdom that I have, if you will apply what I've given you, he said, I will bless you. And he said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. But if you run, you know, and, you know, and you're going to impulse buy and you're going to do all this stuff and get yourself in debt, you're not going to say one prayer and magically be delivered from it. Those decisions have repercussions. Listen to me, young people. I know you think, ah, oh, you know, I want everything mom and dad's got. Well, everything mom and dad got might have taken them 25 or 30 years. Are you listening? When we make a decision, it should be wise and a long-term decision based upon some key principles. You know? Some key principles. We're going to talk about some today, and then next week, too, we're going to talk about some as well, especially as it relates to buying things in debt. You know, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they came out of bondage, didn't they? And you remember, when they came out of Egypt, I mean, they were loaded down with all kinds of uh, silver and gold and precious gems and stuff because, you know, God had given them favor, and the Egyptians said, take it and go. Remember that? Well, there wasn't too many malls or anything out there where they were at, so I don't think they spent too much of that. A lot of that they gave toward the building the tabernacle, didn't they? <clears throat> now, get this. When, when Moses asked for them to give so that they could build that tabernacle, it said that the people were so willing and, and gave so much, he had to say, stop giving. Boy, I sure would like to have that problem here, Dr. V. Hey, y'all don't give anymore. I mean, you know, we've maxed out every bank in the city. We can't make another deposit that's insured. Wow. (laughs) I double dog dare you to try it. But as they gave, he said, when you come into this new land, though, he talked about, you know, the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Canaanites and all the ites and the bites. And he said, now, when you go into land, he said, you be, I'm going to paraphrase. He said, you need to be careful. He said, because my intention is for you to be the head, not the tail. Well, one of those ites were the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were the merchant people. They were the, the ones who were merchant men who, who lent, they would lend money at interest rates. And they would buy and sell and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, he said, be careful that you don't get into bondage to the Canaanites. Well, the Canaanites are still around. Amen? And they're issuing credit cards. I told you just the other day, y'all get any of those stupid checks in the mail that says, just sign this and deposit it. You ever get any of that? And man, I, I always I flip it over on the back. Interest rate, 48 point something, something percent. I'm like, are you crazy? Here's the thing. God can can prosper you, and if you'll use wisdom, you can set aside money so that when you need something, you can loan yourself at no interest. (laughs) That's the kind of interest rate I like. At no interest. 
And then that's, that's a wonderful thing. So it should be wise. Decisions should use wisdom. And it should be long-term based on principles. <clears throat> you know, compound interest is an amazing thing. Listen to me, young people. Start saving some money now. You say, yeah, but I'm just working at, you know, at the widget factory. I'm flipping burgers. It doesn't matter. Start saving some money now. Compound interest, even if you just put it in and let compound interest work for you, it's an amazing thing. You know, compound interest, when you save it, it starts like this. It's just, mm, you think, oh, this is boring. I say, get nowhere. And then can go up a little bit, goes up a little bit. But you reach a point to where it almost goes straight up. And see, so you know what? At that point, you're the head and not the tail. You know, won't you let the bank bless you instead of you blessing in the bank? Put that, put that money in there and let that thing work for you. Amen? Amen. Sure. So here's what some decisions. We're talking about decision decisions today. So number one, should I spend it, save it, or seed it? Those are your three principal areas of decision making with your money. Should I spend it? Should I spend it? Will it bring, bring greater peace in my life? Spend it. Man, I don't know too many people that don't like to spend money. It's a good feeling. Come on. Oh, y'all looking so holy at me. <laughs> it feels good to spend money. It feels good to have some money to spend, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, I, listen, I've been there. You know, I've told you about it, man. We, you know, you get off, we got off the plane in Argentina. You know, we had two kids and toddlers, 16 pieces of luggage. We're five hours away from home, no vehicle and no money. Well, you know, God met our need, but I'd, I'd rather have gotten there and had plenty of money in a car. Are you listening to me? And see, God, God will meet us, but that's, listen, you know, God didn't want me, that was 30 years ago. God didn't want me to stay at that place for the next 30 years. Maybe you're at a place where you're, you're having to believe God. I mean, you know, of course, we always believe God, but maybe you're in that place where you're believing God to get out of debt. He'll help you. But we also need some wisdom and some principles to learn, and some of them sound very, very practical, but you know what? God's very practical, isn't he? Look at the creation, how practical it is. Isn't that right? The planet, if we'll, we allow it, the planet will renew itself. The planet will heal itself. Isn't that right? Generation after generation, there's, uh, God has uh, uh, made uh, the wealth of this wor world where it will what? It, a lot of it is renewable. Isn't that right? That's why you can leave an inheritance to your children and your children's children. Amen? Amen? Amen. Listen, there's plenty of wealth still out there. Amen. But listen, we need to pursue it God's way. So should I spend it? Will it bring greater peace in my life? Oh, well, I just got to have those new shoes. Well, will it bring greater peace in your life? <laughs> See, it might be like the, the, the guy that, you know, the uh, bought that motorcycle and said, Did it, will it bring great peace in my life? He said, yeah, until I get home. <laughs> and I show it to mama, then it ain't going to be too much peace about it. Amen. So, you know, we need to, we need to ask ourselves some questions because I'm telling you, we're all human beings and man, we, we, you know, we all have these shiny things that catch our eye. It's, it may be different for everybody, but it can catch your eye and you start thinking, man, oh man. Man, I can see me I put my arm out. Man, riding in this thing, wouldn't it look good? Wouldn't it look good? But then, you know, you're in a struggle. 
making the payments. You know, you can't sleep. You're wondering how you're going to do it. You know, you're, you're borrowing from the power bill to pay, the, you know, this bill. And you're borrowing from that one to pay this one. You know, I was reading stories that said that, you know, that, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's close to nearly 50% of middle class. Now, we're talking about middle class now. Families are struggling in this country. A lot of it has to do because of, what, of debt. See, sometimes we think the answer to everything, probably because we, we've got, this is the message we get from our government, is spend more. I need more. I need more money. Increase my budget, God. That's, that'll solve it. Just, you know, I know, you know, I got 30000 but boy, if I had forty, that would do it. And the person that got forty, Lord, I know if I got fifty, that would do it. I, that would do it. And then if I had sixty, that would do it. I've been there before. Come on, can we be real? But what it might be is it's not that God might not be willing to increase you, but you know what? First, we need to what learn to manage what we have. You know, I, people all the time over the years have tell me, boy, Pastor, I'm telling you, you know, if God, God, when God gives, give me $100,000, man, I'd give you, you 25000 of it. And, I, you know, and I try to be nice. I really am a nice guy. But I know they ain't giving nothing now. You, you, you can't let go of the $25. How you go? I know you're not going to let go of 25000 you look down and you tell me if you can't write a check for $25, you look down and you look at all them extra zeros and your mind starts saying, well, what you could do with this? That's a fishing boat right there, man. I could take me and the, the missus to Hawaii on that, man. Come on. See, until we learn to manage the 25, don't expect the 25,000. It's little by little. It's line upon line. So the first thing is, should I spend it? Will it advance the, uh, the kingdom of God? Will it advance the kingdom of God? These are questions I suggest you ask. There are other questions you ask. The obvious one is, can I afford it? If you, if you can't, listen, if you got to buy, borrow money for the fishing boat, then you know what? Don't buy the fishing boat. If you really want a fishing boat, save up for the fishing boat. Then you'll find out, do you really want the fishing boat? Amen? That money you say, well, I can make the payment on this. Well, put that, that amount of money, put it in the bank and save it until you have enough money saved up and go pay cash. Amen. Oh, but I can't wait. I've got to have it now. But that's our culture, isn't it? I've got to have it now. It's the American dream, and I've got to have it now. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Should we spend it? Should we save it? Is this purchase part of my overall financial plan? We're talking about should I spend it or, or should I save it? No, but boy, I tell you, I sure want it. Well, there's a lot of things I want. Come on. Isn't that right? Sure. Sure. Man, I wouldn't mind taking a trip around the world every year. I love to travel. But you know what? I ain't going in debt for that. Amen? You know, I, I'd love to have a vacation house on the, on the southern coast of Spain, but you know what? I'm not going into debt for that. <laughs> all right, I mean, your, your wants may be different. I mean, what you want. We all want something. Isn't that right? We all got to dream about something. But, you know, here's the thing. Is this purchase part of my overall financial plan? You say, what's a financial plan? Well, I know that then that's a problem. We need to have a plan. 
You know, even God does things by plans. Now, see, we in full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic circles, you know, we just, we think God's just loosey-goosey and he's just, man, you don't know what God's going to do. And, but, you know, God is a God of plan. The plan of salvation. <laughs> the ages to come, God's already got them all planned out. He knows exactly what's going to unfold in each of the ages to come. He knows what your part, he's planned for your part. He knows my part. He knows where we're all going to be, what we're going to be doing. He's got it planned out. He's not just flying by the seat of his pants, so to speak, if he has pants. <laughs> he doesn't. He's a spirit, of course. But, see, we get this idea because, see, there are times when we come together that God does move. There's an atmosphere created where God can move. But, you know, just because that was spontaneous from our point of view doesn't mean it was from God's. God has a plan. I'll, you know, not to be a downer, but just think about it this way. I wonder how many times that God has wanted to do something, had a plan for something in our life, but because we weren't in a position of obedience, of being open to God with our faith, uh, you know, and, and because of we weren't open and we weren't in the place we should have been, that God's full plan wasn't realized. Amen? I know this, financially, if you're just barely getting by, that's not God's full plan for you. No condemnation. Don't be condemned about it. I've been there, but you don't have to stay there. Are you listening? Can I afford it? The other one is, can it wait? There's that old wait word again. Can it wait? Can it wait? Oh, I can't wait. It's on sale. It's going to go off sale. we got to get it while it's on sale. Listen, it'll come back on sale again, and probably a lot less than what it was on sale this time. Yeah. I remember back in the 70s. Yeah. I, went there. I, was, I was in college, and, and, and they were studying about, you know, in economics and different things. They said, you know, when a new product comes on, uh, is first introduced, that's usually when it's the most expensive. I remember when a calculator would cost you over $100. Just a calculator. I mean, it wouldn't even do near what, you know, what you spend for one now, $10 or something. I don't know. It wouldn't do any of that stuff. But, it, you know, I remember Texas Instrument. Because up until that day, you know, when we were doing, you know, like higher mathematics, algebra, calculus, use the slide rules. Anybody know what a slide rule is? Look it up. Google it, guys. It's, it's probably in the Smithsonian now. But that used to be a uh, it used to be a calculator without batteries. <laughs> but when that came out, but anytime something comes out on the market, when it first is introduced, that's when it's the most expensive. And what they do is they're they're hitting market targets because they know that there'll be some people at that price that are willing to pay that price. But then in the process of time, they'll drop the price a little bit because they know there's another group that will be willing to pay that price. See, I found this out even with a car. You know, instead of buying a new car, I'd get a, maybe a, a certified pre-owned, let somebody else absorb all the, you know, the depreciation on it, but I get to enjoy it. And it's got the same warranty on it as a new one does. Should I save it into my emergency fund or for retirement? Now, you should have an emergency fund. 
You say, I do. Oh, God. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> I've, I've had one of those old God retire, uh, emergency funds, and he's a good one to call on. But you know what? You know, uh, economists will tell you this, and financial planners say you, you should have at least three months living expenses as a, an emergency fund. And so if something happens, see, rather than having to put it on a credit card or borrow it from the bank and pay interest, you can borrow it from yourself. I told you about it, Cindy and I, we were down for our son's birthday, Jason, uh, last month, and we were down there, and I'm sorry, his wedding, the wedding, his wedding. Uh, I knew that, really did. <laughs> for his wedding, we were down there, and while we were down there, uh, our vehicle broke down. And I mean, you know, if any of you got, if you know, if you're in the middle of a wedding, you know what that's like. That's about what you need. You don't need that. Because I mean, you know, I'm running around there. I'm, you know, I'm the gopher. Go over here and do this. Go get that. Bring this. Set this up. Go get that. And everything else. But I mean, you know, the cars broke down. So I, you know, so I take it to the dealership, you know, and they say, this is what's wrong with it. It's going to t t cost so many hundreds of dollars, you know, you want us to do it? I said, yes. Yeah. I said, how are you going to pay for it? I said, cash. Boy, that's a good feeling. And he said, uh, by the way, Mr. Brazel, we got a brand new Lincoln here. And we want you to drive this around till we get yours fixed. I said, I can handle it. It's good to be the head, not the tail, isn't it? It's good to do that. But listen, we need, you know why we could do that? We have an emergency fund. You need to start building an emergency fund if you don't have one. You need to start saving for retirement. You say, I don't plan to retire. Well, that doesn't matter. You can use it for something else. <laughs> Amen. Save it up. If you don't retire, go on a mission trip somewhere. Use some of it, go on a mission trip somewhere. Amen. Give it to a mission project that's planting a church. There's a lot of different things, but you never know. You might retire. You might. It could happen. Amen? But I'd rather plan for something and not need it than need it and haven't planned for it. All right. You say, oh, this is not too spiritual. Oh, but it is. Did you know if you'll start doing this, you'll be free to give more? See, I understand when it comes down, okay, am I going to pay this bill or am I going to give what belongs to God? See, boy, that's a, I've been there before. That's a bad place to be. Can I be honest with you? It's a bad place to be. Because I understand, man. I mean, especially if you've got kids at home, I've got to feed the young'uns. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to stay there. You can get out. Little by little, God will help you to get out. We're going to talk about that more in the process of time about this, Okay? Then finally, should I seed it? We're talking about making decisions. Today's about decisions, decisions, decisions. What are we going to do? Spend it? Or should I save it rather than spend it? Or should I seed it rather than spend it? Let's look over in 1 Corinthians. You guys know the scripture quite well, I'm sure, but let's read it. We've talked about at different times here, you guys who are regulars here, you know I've talked about seed time a lot. God talks about seed time and harvest. It's one of the one of the kingdom principles that God talks about, you know, that as long as creation and the earth remains, seed time and harvest. We talk about that planting seed. 
And we, Jesus said this, he said, if you'll just plant your seed, he said something automatic will happen. It'll begin to grow. It'll begin to, you know, first it puts down the roots, then it puts up the shoots, then it puts out the stalk, and then the harvest comes. So it's a process, isn't it? But he said, if you plant the seed, it's going to grow. And I make this statement sometimes, and I will qualify it, but I, I say this many times. If what I have won't meet my need, then I many times will make it my seed. Are you listening? Because we know this, the potential of a seed is in multiplication, isn't it? If, if, I, if I keep the seed, okay, I got the seed. Yeah, I got that right there in my hand. But that's all I got. It will never produce more while I hold on to it. But Jesus said, if you will sow that seed and plant that seed, he said something supernatural, amazingly, supernaturally natural will happen. It will multiply. Just like if you invest it, if you save it, that compound interest, it multiplies. We do something with our seed. There's nothing worse than to set on your seed. You know, you don't want to go take your money and put it and dig a hole in the backyard and put it there. So I don't, I don't trust banks. I don't trust the institution. I don't trust any of that. I'm, I mean, I'm putting my money back there in the yard and I know where it is. Well, it's never going to grow. Didn't Jesus tell the guy that did that with the one talent? What did he call him? Whoa. Put your money to work. One of the ways we do that is we can sow it, what? Into the kingdom of God. There are other ways you can do it too. Uh, and so in, uh, <clears throat> let me get over here, uh, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, I may have told you first. 2 Corinthians, where we want to go. Let me get over there real, real quick and read this. I could quote it to you, but we'll read it. Verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided. There's that word decided again. We talked about impulse buying. Let me just say a word here about impulse giving. Because sometimes, you know, uh, we can get in trouble by doing that. And I encourage you. You know, when I get up here and encourage you and remind you about the principles of giving and God's kingdom, that's not to create pressure on you. That's just to remind you. You need to decide ahead of time before you come to a service. This is what I'm going to give, okay? That's what Cindy and I do. It might be, you know, it might be the cycle where, okay, this is our tithe. Or it might be, okay, this week we're giving into missions or we're giving to something else. But we decide first, okay? You don't give out of an impulse. That will get you in trouble. Is everybody hearing me? Can you believe you heard a preacher say that? <laughs> well, you heard it here. It'll, I've seen that get people in trouble, you know? You know, somebody, oh, you give, and, you know, God's going to give back a hundredfold to you, and they give their money, you know, and you're not at a hundredfold yet. Are you listening? Let's start with the dollar, then, then the five, then the ten, then the twenty, and work our way up. Amen? So I want to just qualify that here. He said, as you've decided uh, he's in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Woohoo! You know what a cheerful giver is? That they're just as happy when they're in the car on the way home after the service as they were when they put it in the bucket. That's a cheerful giver. Because you can be cheerful when you're putting it in the bucket. 
But then you get in that car and you're on the way home and you think, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, giver's remorse instead of buyer's remorse, right? For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now look in verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. I found this out. When, when, with my income, some of it is for me to spend, some of it is for me to save, and some of it is for me to seed. If you get that down. Spend, save, seed. That means you've got to decide ahead of time. You've got to have a plan. You've got a purpose, what's going where and for what. And then that way, see, when you give, you know what? I gave in obedience to God. I'm happy when I gave it. I'm happy on the way home. I lay my head down tonight, and I'm not worried about it. I'm happy. I sowed that seed. But see, you have to have a plan to do that. See, if you, if you impulse spend and impulse give, you're going to be in debt. You're always going to be coming up short. Can you say amen? amen? I know. And when you sow, you know, he said, God's going to give seed to the sower, bread to the eater, and he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Wow. He will do it. He will do it. Amen? Absolutely. Real quickly, got to wind this down. Is it honest and above board? We're talking about managing your money. Money is a test of honesty. I know this is, you know, we don't want to jump the chairs over this kind of man, but it's true. Money is a test of honesty, isn't it? You know? You know, if you, you, know, if you steal at the workplace, you can't be blessed. Say, well, I don't steal. Well, not just money, time. You're putting, you're putting in a, you know, a day's work, you're getting paid. Ooh, it's awful quiet in here. Back over here, we talk about jumping in chairs. It's a test of honesty. Any effort to cover up, misappropriate, or deceive, it's not only unethical. That should be enough for us as believers. It, it could be illegal. Amen. So stealing can involve time, money, and even ideas. Hmm? Oh, yeah. I know. Boy, it's awful quiet in here. I remember when Dr. Hagen, Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen was alive, he said, he said, if you want a great quiet to come over to the congregation, he said, talk about money or their kids. And he said, a great quiet will come over the congregation. <laughs> Not so many amens and hallelujahs there. Listen, I'm sharing this with you because, you know, I care about your well-being. God cares about your well-being. You know, I could just get up here and say, man, just give, and it's going to be given to you, pressed down. And that's true. I believe that with all my heart. Bring the tithe in. God's going to open up the windows of heaven. I believe that with all my heart. But I've had people, I've experienced, and I've had people through the years come to me and say, Pastor, I'm doing that, but, you know, this is not happening. And we sit down, and we start talking privately about how they're managing their money, and I can see why. God's not a slot machine. Ching, okay, I put my quarter in, I'm pulling the slot. When is the heaven open? Nope, not that time. Ching, and if and if I'm impulse buying, God can give me increase. But rather than me using that wisely, I just go out and 
spend it frivolously somewhere and I'm in the same old place I was before. I'm like, God, why don't you do something? But listen, if you, you, we will use wisdom. We started out reading over there in Proverbs 8 about wisdom. He said, ask wisdom. Now, I've shared some practical things, but you know what? They're wisdom. They're wisdom. You know, just like gravity. Gravity can work for you or against you. Anybody, Dr. V's a pilot. He knows this as an airline pilot. You know, it, gravity can work against you real quick, but also without gravity, how would you fly? It has its place to bear too. Is that right, Dr. V? You know, you got lift and drag and thrust and all that. I don't understand he's a pilot, but you know, you got all these working together, but you got to have gravity. It can, but you know, those engines go out. It works against you real quick. And so it's the same thing with financial principles. They are principles of the kingdom as well as in the natural. And if we will put these to work using wisdom, using what God has taught us, and just using a few things today that I've shared with you, you know, ask yourself some questions when you get ready to make, especially, I'm talking about a big purchase. I'm not talking about a candy bar. You know, I use that jokingly, but I'm talking about a big purchase. You know, do I really need this? Can I afford it? Can it wait? Are you saving any of your money? Are you investing any of it? Not only in the kingdom, yes, indeed. But also, if nothing else, just put it in a, you know, put it in an account where you get some interest. At least that. But, but, but you know, save it up. Use some wisdom. If you're in debt, begin to get out of debt. We'll talk about that more next week about how to get out of debt. You can do it. God will help you. But you know, here's the thing. Not if you keep bad habits over here. You know? I don't go work out so, you know, I can eat, you know, a chocolate pound cake every day. <laughs> now, why you, you, y'all didn't hear that, did you? She said you'd like to. Thanks a lot. Why are you blushing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but we use these principles, what? Because he said, God's plan is that we accumulate little by little by little, wealth is accumulated. It is accumulated. And listen, wealth is not, listen, contrary to popular culture, wealth is not the sum total of my worth and who I am. I'm not a better person because I drive a Cadillac rather than, you know, uh, something else, <laughs> a Volkswagen or a Beetle or whatever. I don't know. Of course, they, they're expensive too. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, when I was in college, man, I had a car, $200, a $200 car. Man, I'm telling Dr. V, I thought, man, this is, man, <laughs> can't, can't hardly buy a tire for a car now for that. But it's little by little you accumulate wealth. Don't let wealth, don't let the culture tell you that if, you know, if you live at a certain standard or you drive a certain thing, then, you know, uh, then you, you've arrived and you're, you're a good person and everybody will like you and all of that. That has nothing to do with it. Jesus walked most places he went. I, I think he was pretty worthy. Amen. Don't get into that. That's our culture. That's the world's culture. 
Oh, you got to have the latest fashion. You got to drive the latest thing. You got to have all this. Listen, you come to a place where you can afford it. Nothing wrong with that. But don't let that identify you. I've seen it. I talk about it all the time. Uh, we're very blessed and we enjoy our home we're in now. It's a beautiful home, nice home. But, you know, we were just as happy when we were living over in Cloverdale in that little old apartment that you could, it wasn't hardly big enough to change your mind in. <laughs> a little old bitty thing. I mean, you know, most everything we had was either borrowed or somebody loaned to us or gave it to us. I mean, you know, we had a little old bitty TV and, you know, for the antenna we had a, a clothes hanger stuck in it. I mean, we was in, man, we was, we was in tall cotton, man. But you know what? We look back, we were just as happy. We were just as much in love with Jesus, and Jesus loved us just as much then as he does now. Don't let it define you. This is what we mean by getting a grip on your money. By that we mean what? Money doesn't control me. Money doesn't define me. But I master it. And it's a good thing. It's a tool. Don't misunderstand me. It's a good thing. And it's a God thing. But listen, it's little by little. Now, next week, I've got to stop because my time's up. I've got to dash downtown uh, to, at that outpouring thing. I'm going to be speaking down there at the amphitheater. If y'all get a chance to come by this afternoon, come on by. But listen, next week, I'm going to talk about this more. I'm going to talk about really about debt and how to get out of debt and and those kind of things. And I know, you know, we don't see this as a real spiritual thing. But listen, Passion Church, listen. We are not going to meet at AUM forever. Are you listening? We are getting us a building. Amen? I mean, we may find, we go, we, we'll look at one that we can rent or lease for a while. And eventually from there, we'll look at getting something that we can buy. What? It's little by little. But we're not going to stay here. That means you have to prosper. That means we have to prosper. That means if we're in debt, we need to get out of debt. Amen? So that we can move forward in God. Listen, you know, we can't, I, I say this again. I was, I was out at the Canaan Land Boys this past week on Monday, and I was talking to them. I said, I said you know, uh, people, especially those of us cut our teeth in the faith movement, you know, we, we, we sometimes cross the line from faith into magic. I'm talking about our thinking. Well, man, you know, I, I said we were going to get a big old church, so we get one. <laughs> well, God told Abraham, you're going to have a son, and he got one 25 years later. I guess God's faith weren't quite there, Dr. V. <laughs> Poor Abraham, bless his heart. No, sometimes some of these things, it takes time, doesn't it? And that's the way it is with wealth. But you know what? We can start today. Let me, uh, let me read you. I forgot to read you. I'm going to read you action points here real quickly. They probably got them up on the screen. But let me read them to you real quickly and we're going to pray. Do you have a financial plan? If you don't, get one. You can go online and get one. Yeah, there's some people here that you can talk to. You can, you can get one. You know, we'll help you. But it, it just start out basic. You know, create a basic budget, a monthly budget. And, and include in that savings. Include in that your giving. Say, well, there's not enough. Then you need to cut back somewhere. Unlike the federal government, don't go printing more money. A.K.A. call the credit card. How do you make your financial decisions? 
Yep, you got that quarter, Eileen. Heads we buy it, tails we don't. That's not a good decision maker. Amen. <laughs> How do you make, you need, but you need to be honest with yourself. And then finally, are there any areas of your finances that are questionable before God? Either the way you're earning it or the way you're using it. That's between you and God. Amen. Because see, if there's anything there, your faith's not going to work. If there's anything there at all. So we want to make sure that that's right. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you that you have given us access to wisdom. Not only to the blessings, Lord, but we want to have wisdom to manage the assets that you give us. Lord, uh, as individuals, as families, and Father, as Passion Church, we, we, we want to use the assets, Lord, in the best way to honor you in our lives and for the kingdom. And Father, you said if any of us lack wisdom, that all we had to do was ask of you. If we would ask and not doubt, not waver, not be double-minded, that you would give us wisdom. So, Father, for all of us, I pray this prayer. If this is your desire, you let the Father know too. I pray that you would give us wisdom with our finances, Lord. How to use them, how to manage them, where to sow our seed, how to honor you. Thank you, Father, that your blessing is upon your people. And Lord, if there's anyone here, if they're in debt, Father, encourage them. Encourage them, Father, that they can be they can get out of debt. They can be released from debt. You're well able to free them and to set them free, oh God. Encourage them. And give them hope. Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus. You're here. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.